presenting this month's special series, Focus on Children's Health on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. According to Contemporary Pediatrics, childhood obesity is the number one health concern among parents in the United States, topping even drug abuse and smoking. How is it diagnosed? How is it treated? We are about to find out. Hello, I'm your host, Dr. Prathima Sethi, and you are listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. And it is a pleasure for me to have here today Dr. Janine Rethi. She is a pediatrician and director of community medicine at HealthWorks of Northern Virginia. Dr. Rethi has won numerous awards and grants. In response to the obesity epidemic, she founded and is director of the HealthWorks PALS program, a multidisciplinary, community-centered approach to pediatric obesity. Welcome to ReachMD, Dr. Rethi. It is wonderful to have you here today on the program to talk to us about pediatric obesity. Thanks, Dr. Sethi. It's great to be here. So in your opinion, Dr. Rethi, can you speak on why you think pediatric obesity is such an issue right now? Well, the first thing I think to consider is the prevalence of pediatric obesity. In the last 30 years, obesity rates in children have doubled, and in adolescents, they have tripled. So right now, we have about 30% of children are either overweight or obese. And with that comes tremendous morbidity and mortality. These children have higher rates of hypertension, type 2 diabetes, and oftentimes abnormal lipids. They also have higher rates of bone and joint problems, significant mental health comorbidities, such as anxiety and depression, and many are more likely to have been bullied by their peers. So we know that overweight children are more likely to become overweight adults, but in fact, we're finding out that the true window for making an impact may even be in the preschool years. A study published yesterday in New England Journal of Medicine tracked almost 8,000 children through their childhoods and found that a third of the children who were overweight in kindergarten were obese by eighth grade. And by age 11, those who were overweight stayed that way into adulthood, and those who were normal weight did not become fat later. So for us, our work must start early. So we see overweight patients in our clinics all the time, but how do you actually diagnose a child that is obese? Are there certain screening tests or parameters that we should follow? So we use body mass index, which can be considered really as an alternative for direct measures of body fat. The calculation for body mass index is kilograms per meter squared. And so for adults, we know that uh, body mass index of between 25 and 29 we consider overweight, and greater than 30 would be obese. But in children, we have to consider their age. And so we use body mass index percentile for age. And so for children, a body mass index percentile of greater than 85th percentile we consider overweight and greater than 95th percentile is obese. So I've read that parents of overweight children rarely know that they are overweight. How do you start that conversation with the parents? It's really been found that effective communication from the provider is really the key in any approach to care. And the recent study showed that less than 25% of parents of overweight children have ever even been told by their doctor that their child is overweight. And they really do want to know. The pediatrician should just take the time to have this conversation and feel comfortable discussing the body mass index of the child um, in a knowledgeable and sensitive way. And it's been shown that the most effective way to do so is to have it in a really positive and motivating way and focus more on healthy living than on the weight of the child. And, and also you, you focus on healthy eating options rather than 
depriving them of food, correct? Absolutely. So we're looking at really showing positive approaches to healthy living rather than negative approaches and focusing on dieting. So it sounds like the first step is really an honest conversation with the parents and the child. What is the next step to medical treatment? Right. So as in any approach to a medical condition, the first thing we really want to do is a full history. So we'll assess the medical risks, such as the patient and family history and the the child's growth. We look at behavioral risks, such as their sedentary time, their physical activity time, and we do a full nutritional intake and assessment. We also look at the family's potential barriers to um, positive outcomes. We also look at the family and the child's attitudes. How do they view themselves and what is their motivation for change? The next step would be the the complete physical exam. Obviously, we would like to include blood pressure in that, and we pay special attention to certain findings that are associated with obesity, such as acanthosis, nigricans, and others. We move on to motivational counseling, which, as I said earlier, we're really looking at healthy living. We address a lot of the barriers that were identified in the history, and we're making small, concrete changes with the family and the child's input as central. Finally, we will do some screening labs, such as lipid screen, thyroid screen, and hemoglobin A1C. So how do you follow these patients? How often do they come back to the clinic? So in our clinic, we follow the American Academy of Pediatric Guidelines for Pediatric Weight Management Protocols. And so for medical visits, I start out seeing them monthly. And this is part of a multidisciplinary approach. Um, And then for each patient, we follow them accordingly and space out their visits as necessary. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to ReachMD, and I am your host, Dr. Prathima Seti. I am speaking with Dr. Janine Rethi about pediatric obesity. So, Dr. Rethi, can you speak specifically on the PALS program that you started at HealthWorks of Northern Virginia? Absolutely. HealthWorks is a federally qualified health center in Northern Virginia, and we serve primarily low-income, high-risk populations and many of them have multiple barriers to receiving optimal health care in general. In our clinic, our population of children, 50% of them have body mass indexes greater than 85th percentile, which is significantly higher than national and state and even county averages. So for us, it really became a crisis that needed to be addressed. The program that we developed is multidisciplinary. It's family-centered and a community-based approach. So what we did was we designed it based on the American Academy of Pediatrics 2007 expert committee recommendations on the approach to pediatric obesity and their subsequent Healthy Active Living Initiative, which gave more practical solutions for the providers. We also use the Alliance for Healthy Generation Protocols, which help us with the multidisciplinary approach and also with associated billing approach. So our program addresses many of the barriers that our families face, including language and cultural and transportation, knowledge, and we have four components. So the first one is the medical piece, which I spoke about earlier. The second one is a behavioral health component. The behavioral health piece has really been shown in many studies to be central to positive outcomes for these families. The third piece is a nutritionist, a registered dietitian on board. And finally, we have a family education piece, which includes an exercise and cooking components for our families. In addition to the clinical program, we feel it's very important to work with the community to improve access to healthy foods and activity for our families who face so many barriers to these. 
So, for example, right now we are working with our local farmers market and other community groups to have snack dollars be accepted at two of our local farmers markets this spring. So this small step will allow our families to better afford fresh seasonal produce. And we've also secured matching dollars from our local Buy Fresh Buy Local chapter. So these family SNAP dollars can go even further. In your program, what percentage of children have you actually seen a significant uh, improvement? So outcome data for pediatric obesity interventions is really mixed. And we took a long time designing our program trying to see which interventions have the best outcomes. And there really is no true consensus about what works. And I think it's very dependent on on the population, on the follow-up, and a lot of other factors which have not fully been worked out. We're expecting several more studies coming sometime this year, which will probably help further. But ours is, as I said before, a multidisciplinary family-centered approach. And that's the approach in, in the studies which seems to have the most promise for best outcomes. So from our center, we opened last July. And we have some early data now which shows about 57% of our children have shown a decrease in their BMI since they've been in our program. So it is, it is early still, and we'll continue to collect our data and, and see how the progress of these kids goes. That's great. Congratulations. So what are some resources available to other providers to help treat these patients? Yeah, there, there's some great resources now, and they, these are really following best practice guidelines, and from these that we really built our program. And even for a pediatrician who does not have access to a multidisciplinary center on site, even for general pediatrics, there's some great guidelines for at least getting started with the approach to obesity. The first one, of course, is the American Academy of Pediatrics. They have a whole section of their website available for pediatric obesity management. So if you go just to aap.org forward slash obesity, there's plenty of information and clinical protocols there. Alliance for Healthy Generation is another great one. That's healthygeneration.org forward slash healthcare. And this is a working group with Clinton Foundation, American Heart Association, and American Academy of Pediatrics. And what they've done is taken the American Academy of Pediatrics guidelines, the American Dietetic Association guidelines. They've been working with the health insurance companies to improve payments for these services. And they put it really all together with some great guidelines and some full multidisciplinary approach. So I rely on that source a lot, too. And, of course, the CDC is always a great source as well. There's cdc.gov forward slash healthy youth forward slash obesity, and there are links to lots of other excellent resources through the CDC as well. Any final thoughts for your listening audience, Dr. Rathi? Yeah, I think that the take-home message is that general pediatricians really can have a very important role in addressing this epidemic which is facing our children. And I think just measuring BMI, having the time to have a conversation with parents about it, and being able to really at least start the medical approach can make an impact. If you have resources in your community to be able to refer these families to counselors and nutritionists as well, I think these pieces can make a large impact on effectiveness of of the treatment. But I would say to general pediatricians to at least start the process and engage families to make some positive, healthy, active living changes with a family-centered approach and get these families moving in the right direction. 
and then use as many community resources as you can to get the best possible outcomes for, for these kids because the, the window, is, as we're finding out, is really in these young kids. And if we're waiting until they're older kids or adults, the window is often closed and the morbidity is associated later on in life. We can really prevent it if we take the time when these children are young to put them on a path to healthy living. Well, thank you very much for being with us here today. You gave us a wonderful review on pediatric obesity that I am sure that uh, many people will benefit from. Thank you, Dr. Seti. I am your host, Dr. Prathima Seti, and you've been listening to ReachMD Radio. If you've missed any part of this discussion, please visit ReachMD.com to download this podcast. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Focus on Children's Health on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals.